man, we want to do a question episode. Like, if y'all have questions for us, we want to answer some of them. So, what you can do on all of your, wherever you're listening to this podcast, there should be a link where you can send in a voice message. So, come up with a question for Lance or come up with a question for me, and we're going to try and answer them in two episodes. Hello. Sorry, just do that again. <laughs> I think it's fine. We can just keep it going. Hello, everybody. Happy Black History Month. Welcome to another Happy episode. Black History Month. Yes. Welcome to another episode of Kaleidoscopic. My name is Lance. My name is Nico. I'm excited to be black in America yes, in sir. this month of February. Yes. <sighs> um. So we are going to talk about Black history in this episode, but I did do a thing that I was not supposed to do, um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit first, but how are you, Nico? Just check in first. I am hopeful. I'm feeling very productive. Um, I'm looking at my to-do list, and I marked out a couple of things. I felt like an adult because I paid some bills. I <laughs> Good. Uh, which is which is is nice you know the feeling of being able to pay bills like you know i you see on tv and people get mail and stuff like that and it's just like bills bills whatever and uh it's just a joy to be able to confidently be able to pay my bills and i'm i don't take that for granted good i love that um I'm feeling hopeful as well, especially in this month. Um, Tell us why. I mean, it's Black History Month. This is always a good month for me to just kind of reflect and to just be grateful of the people who came before me and just who thought about me that didn't even know me and all of the contributions that they made and how that has just afforded me so many opportunities today. Um, And we're definitely going to talk about that, but... I said I would do this, so I'm going to go ahead and be honest and do this. So, (laughs) in an earlier episode of this podcast, I I made the statement that I'm striving to be someone who is consistent in my life. Um, And by consistent, I mean that I'm I'm doing what I say, even when people aren't watching, you know. And I'm holding myself Mm -hmm. accountable. And in an even more recent episode, I said that people who talk about things but don't actually show those things to their actions, they are hypocrites, you know? Um, And I also said that I was disappointed in myself for falling short on a commitment that I made. So you already know this, but I smoked weed last week. I smoked good weed at that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not good weed. It was good. I did enjoy myself and... um, but what I, what I said in an earlier episode was that I was not going to do that in 2021. I made that commitment and I said it. Um, and so what I want to get into about that is why I did it. Um, and then just also why the disappointment has quickly faded for me. Also, mm-hmm. the purpose of this challenge that I'm doing, how I'm moving forward with it, and just ultimately the point that I want to drive home in bringing this up is that Failure is necessary for success. Um, And I think you have something you want to share about that too. But um, so why did I do it? I, last week, 
I smoked literally because I wanted to, to be honest. I, I woke up. It was a nice day. And I thought to myself, damn, it's been a minute. And it would be nice if I smoked today. So I did. Um, and I did enjoy it. Uh, and like I told you, it was a little bit overwhelming at first because my tolerance had gone down so much. But as soon as I was done, I was disappointed in myself. I was like, damn, I could have continued on this streak. I said I was going to do it, and I didn't. But I will say that the disappointment has quickly faded just because of the fact that I'm right back on it, and um, you know, I'm right back to being consistent with it. Mm. Right. You listening? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm listening. Um, I, have a, I have a few questions. Go ahead. Go ahead. What was happening that led up to you actually smoking? Like, yeah. Well, you know, like whenever we we're tempted by literally anything, like if I say mm. I don't want cake, I'm not going to eat cake for this week, and I see cake, you know, there's there are a, there are like a, there's a stream of consciousness mm. that goes from I'm not going to eat cake to there is cake in my mouth. Right. How did you get from I'm not gonna smoke today to well you woke up and said I'm it would be nice to smoke too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that was what I was going to mention next, and that was kind of why I was trying to allude to it. So this is why I'm doing this challenge, right? I'm doing this for myself. I am I'm not trying to overcome any addiction or anything. I'm not I don't use weed as like a coping mechanism or something to deal with emotions. It's something that I very much enjoy recreationally and socially. And so just to answer your question, or what I think that you're asking is that, did I do it because something was going on in my life? No, it wasn't like that. I'm doing this challenge for myself to build discipline. And so my whole thought process in this is that if I can be disciplined enough to give up something that I really enjoy for a year, I can also be disciplined enough to flex that same muscle when it comes to my fitness, for example, or, you know, I mentioned my finances in a previous episode. I can be more disciplined with my time management or just anything in my life. So there was nothing going on. There was no underlying emotions that made me say, oh, I want to smoke. I need to I need to deal with this. It was not like that at all. It was very much I enjoy smoking. I woke up and was like, it's been so long. I want to feel high again. So I did it. Mm. I wasn't necessarily insinuating there was anything going on. I just kind of was trying to investigate the 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 conscious the stream of consciousness or even the thought process. Like like you just said, I woke up, I wanted to smoke, so I did. I guess what I want to know is mm-hmm. what caused you to let yourself off the hook? Like what made you say? Even though I have this goal, mm-hmm. I'm just going to smoke. Well, I didn't have much to do that day. And I thought, wouldn't this be a better day? It's a beautiful, sunny day if I was high. And I yeah. got high. Hmm. I, I think you might be looking for something a little bit more complex or deeper. But that's really well, what it was for me. Like I said, I, I enjoy the smoke. I enjoy the actual act of smoking. Um, and so, yeah. I don't know if I'm looking for anything more complex, 
-hmm. However, I do know that every decision we make is because we want something. And like for like, okay, now I'm about to make it complex. You wanted to smoke weed because you wanted something else. And the <laughs> weed was just the method to get there. Right. Um, now now it makes me want to know, like, well, what is the thing that you really wanted? I wanted that dopamine. When you smoke mm. weed, it releases dopamine in your brain. It's the feel-good hormone. It's mm. same thing when you eat, you have sex, you watch TV, you read a good book. Anything that brings you brings you pleasure, mm. that releases dopamine. I was bored, yeah. didn't have much yeah. to do. And it's really that simple for me. Okay. I'm being very honest here. Yeah, then no, no, that's good. Um, there's a book that I read that talks about there are four main desires. There's four main things that like drive us. Um, some people fit in like some people one one desire drives pretty much their whole life. Other people is like a mix of four, mm -hmm. but they kind of come down to um, people have a strong desire for power. Mm -hmm. Some people have a strong desire for comfort slash pleasure. Some people have a strong desire for approval. And then some people have a strong desire for security or control. Mm. And these desires kind of push and shape us like so much that um, you will do whatever it takes so that you can have these things. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was definitely a pleasure. Yeah, you hit it on the nail. Pleasure. Yeah. And I am I not think it is Yeah, there I don't think there's any reason to be ashamed about that. Like I think that there are like none of those desires are bad. It's when you desire them too much or that then it then it does become bad. Like those those drivers. Right. Um if I was being if I was in church, I would I would say that those are called heart idols. Um, but I'm not in church, so I won't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like normally with the weed thing, like I'll take several day breaks or I'll take like a one to two week break. And I think I may have mentioned this in an earlier episode. I actually took the whole month of October off. So I do mm -hmm. regularly balance out my smoking habit. But the thing is, I've never taken off a whole year of smoking. So this is really and you also mentioned, I think you said one of the things was approval, too. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. literally not doing this for anyone else. I'm not doing this to look good or to get approval. I'm doing this very literally to challenge myself because I understand that it is a challenge. And like I said, I've been smoking for eight years. I started at 13. So I've been smoking young at that. So mm -hmm. it's definitely a challenge to take off a whole year. And for me, I just want to be able to say I did it. So mm -hmm. just kind of bridging that into how I'm going to move forward with this challenge. So I've decided I can't technically say I took the whole year off if I smoked in January, you know? Um, so I'm just going to restructure it and I'm going to make it a February through December challenge. Um, okay. And, and yeah, okay. <laughs> and for me, I, I'm going to still count that as a whole year. Um, and I'm not going to let just that one time negate all of the progress that I've made. I'm still really proud of myself. Like I told you, I did like a hard stop, a hard cold turkey stop when the year started. And that's that's a, a big accomplishment for me as someone who smokes or who smoked 
habitually and and daily at that. So yeah, I'm I'm proud of my progress, and I just wanted to be honest and to share that. And yeah, I am I'm back. On I the am, I'm with you 100 percent of the way. I do have one question: Why not just start the year over the day after you smoked? What do you mean? Like. I don't know. What was? Do you remember the day you smoked? It was literally the day before we recorded the podcast, and that's why I was like, "Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. I made this Uh, commitment. I didn't stick to it, even though nobody knows." Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. What if I don't know what date it was? If if it's January 31st, let's just say that your year starts on February 1st, and then you just not smoke from February 1st, 2021, to February 1st, 2022. Then you can like be on like you have a desire to not smoke for a year and then mm-hmm. you can be at a year. Yeah, see I don't want to do that. My challenge was 2021, so I'm sticking to okay. 2021. <laughs> and that's okay. like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to overcome an addiction. I'm not trying to stop smoking. Yeah. I'm just trying to build my discipline muscle. And I will say that I think I told you this too in our conversation when I smoked. I actually was like, "Damn, I really enjoyed those those weeks of just not being high, like it was nice to mm. feel that again. Um, so yeah, I think going back into it, if I'm not, I don't know where I'll be at come January, 2022, we'll see. But mm-hmm. I, I would imagine myself smoking a lot less frequently. Cause when I did smoke that one time, even though it was a little bit overpowering cause my tolerance had went down, it, it felt like a treat. Like, it was like, ooh, mm. I'm really high. Like, this is nice. <laughs> like, I enjoyed it. So, yeah, I don't I don't plan on giving up weed. Okay. Um, okay, I got another question. I don't know where it's going to end up, okay? <laughs> this is just a question that I'm thinking about. What is the point of discipline for discipline's sake? So, like I stated... If I can be disciplined in this aspect, mm-hmm. I feel like I can transfer that over into different aspects of my life. Because like I said, this is something that I enjoy and that I'm mm-hmm. doing habitually. And so there are other habits in my life that I'm also trying to kind of get balance with. And I think this is a great one to start with. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I mean, I'm 100% with you. Like I said, I'm with you all the way. However, I can support from thousands of miles and three time zones away. Mm-hmm. I will, but I feel like that's only emotional support at this time. But I will do that as much as I can. Um, hey, um, as we're talking about failure, how are we defining failure? Mm-hmm. And in light of that, how are we defining success? That's a great question. So for me, when I say failure, it's... I mean, essentially what I did, you say you're going to do something, you commit to a goal and you don't follow through with it. But my point in bringing this up is that it's literally just a stepping stone to success. So like, even though I I did technically fail the challenge thus far, like Mm -hmm. I said, it doesn't negate all of the progress that I've made and the learning experience that that one time that I did smoke, that that did serve for me. Because what I've learned too, like I said, I really did enjoy not being high for those weeks. And 
from doing that, it's actually motivated me to actually want to go through with the challenge. Because if you remember our conversation, I was like, I'm going to Puerto Rico in May for my graduation. And I was like, I'm going to give myself that space to smoke weed while I'm out in Puerto Rico. And you were like, well, why? And then I was like, well, I feel like I deserve it. And then after that conversation, I thought about it and was like, mm, I sound ridiculous. And I told you I sounded ridiculous. Um, I kind of lost where I was going with this one. All right. But yeah, I um, failure for me is like, you say you're going to do something and you don't do it. Success for me is the bigger picture of it all. So success is not related to failure. No, success is related to failure. But what I'm saying is that failure is like a stepping stone to success. Like every time you fail, you're kind of moving closer to succeeding, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, how are you defining success? You achieve that goal. So for me, just in context of this, if I, me taking it all the way through December, that is still a success for me because the longest I've ever gone was a month since I started smoking. So to even go, let's say 11 months in 29 days, sure it's not the whole 365, but for me that is still a major success when you think about where I'm coming from. Mm. Now, actually, based off of the way you've been defining it, I would say that there's a difference between progress and success. You might have made progress, but I don't know, based off of your definition mm -hmm. of what failure is, I would say that that's not success. But that is progress, and it is different, and it's okay. Well, my, my thing is, what I said was that success is the larger picture of it. So I'm not going to say I've succeeded until I make it till December. You following me? So... so what I'm defining as failure, I think, is you're right. That's progress. So let's just say you don't make it. Let's say you something happens in September and mm -hmm. you smoke again. Would you then say you're not successful? No. I would still consider that a success. What if you smoked every other day from now until December? Would that be a success? Uh, no, that would, to me, I would say that's a failure <laughs> in that instance, because then there's really no consistency. But I'm also defining it, too, based off of my intention for it. So I know that in my heart, I'm holding this intention and I'm holding it strong and I'm really putting forth the effort to execute. So even that within itself is a little slither of success. You following? I follow you, but I think I would still say like, the way you're defining it, that's progress. Like success would be to not smoke for a year. You set a goal and you hit it. That's success. But progress is progress is a form of any, success, though. Mm, I guess you could say progress would be a form of success if the goal was to make progress. But if you have a goal and you set it, you're only successful if you reach that goal. Now, again. You will make progress, and that is a really good thing. So I don't want to discount any of that. But to not hit your goal is to fail. Hmm. So then I think in this instance, we just were defining it differently. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I mean, based off of what you're saying, then I can't achieve success in this at all, right? Because I already, last week I smoked, and I said I wasn't going to smoke all through 2021. But 
for me, I guess, and now you have me rethinking my definition of success. Well, then I'm going to say that progress is success for me. Okay. And progress is a form okay. of success. Yeah. And I, again, I'm a, I'm behind you all the way. And so, like, I want to encourage you to make it all the way to December. Like, from this point forward or the day after you smoke, from then until December, you don't smoke. That would be success. You know what I'm saying? Like, just from my perspective, mm -hmm. because the goal is to make it to December, that will be success. Mm -hmm. No matter what you do, you will make progress. And like you're saying, progress is success. Well, let's, let's, what if we said, because now I'm trying to meet in the middle somewhere. Mm -hmm. What if success was a spectrum on one side to the right success is we hit the goal we made the mark we hit the mark but on the other side the other side of it is failure but in between like as you move towards the right it's like you're getting closer and closer I, actually i don't know now nope i don't think i could say that i i heard it as it came out of my mouth I, in my head you either succeed or you fail one uh one of my uncles he always used to tell me, he said, there is no such thing as trying to do something. I said, yeah, huh? He said, go over to the wall and try to turn on the light. So I went and turned on the light. He said, did you turn on the light or did you keep the light off? I said, I turned it on. That's so a he was just like trying bro, to make that's this a very point definitive act. That you can't. We're talking about habits and kind of well, how you do things in your life. That's something that's consistent. It takes time. You make progress towards it. And that progress is success. So I think regardless, which is why I said I have no shame or no uh, no guilt, yeah. or disappointment really with myself anymore. I did. I did immediately after, I'll be honest. But mm -hmm. yeah, I still feel successful in it. Mm. This this because it's you have to understand for me, it's coming from a place of someone who has been smoking for several years and who, who smoked a lot at that and mm -hmm. smoked, I mean, pretty much daily. So, hey, and, and I think also, like I said, too, this challenge is for me. So at the end of the day, I mean, it's about how I feel. And if I feel like I've succeeded in, and if I feel like I've made progress, that's affirming for me. It's not really about how you feel or how the next person feels because I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it to right, impress right. you or anything right. i'm literally doing this for myself and to challenge myself now i i'm i'm gonna press press you but not to to change your thought i just had a thought okay i don't want i don't want you to feel like i'm trying to get you to change what you're thinking but this is something that came to my mind mm -hmm. um, i think milestones help us to track our progress Mm -hmm. the, you're, like setting the goal of not smoking for a year that is a milestone it helps you track your pro your progress but if you're always moving your milestones then then your success changes with your milestone so like i don't know it just becomes super like 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 you said i'm doing this for me for what i feel is success now i think that that is good to do like, I feel like success for me would be to read 15 minutes every night before going to bed. Mm -hmm. Now, but if I, and my life gets busy and I don't hold to that milestone or whatever, let's say I'm trying to do it for a month, then I, I, I want to be able to be emotionally honest with myself and say, hey, I failed in this, but I did read 13 days out of 30 and I made progress where I didn't used to. 
I'm just trying to, um, at least in my mind, I'm, I'm trying to um, say, hey, here's a milestone. I'm going to try and reach it. But if, we, if we're constantly moving our milestones, then we will always feel successful, even if we're not. But then you have to also get into, just like you asked, how are we defining success? Because my thing is, I'm not moving my milestone. Like you were like, well, why don't you go from February to next February? Well, that's not my challenge. My challenge is within this year to take it to December. And like I was saying, for me, success is the bigger picture. So let's say you have one big goal. You have smaller goals or what you just said. You have milestones within that that you're aiming to hit. So for me, those milestones, it's kind of like every day, every week, every month throughout this year, I'm refraining from this thing that I enjoy. Now, if I happen to not hit one of those milestones like I did last week, that doesn't invalidate all of the progress that I've made. I don't like it. It, it is a it is a failure. But on the flip side of that, there was some success. So I feel like in your example, even though you didn't make the 30 days or let's even say you did 13, but then for the remaining rest of the month, you were only able to dedicate five or 10 minutes and not that 15 that you had set out. Mm-hmm. I would still say you're successful if you, especially if you went from not reading at all. Mm-hmm. But again, that's that's how I'm defining mm-hmm. success. And mm-hmm. I feel like <laughs> this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it it feels a little condescending to be honest. But again, like I said, I'm, I'm doing this for me, so... As long as what I'm doing, as long as I, as long as I feel that it affirms me, mm-hmm. that's success. Man, I hate that you feel condescended to. I don't know if that's the right verb. My mm-hmm was just me trying to affirm that I'm listening to you. I'm sorry if that's the way it made you feel. Hmm. I feel like you're hearing me, but you're not really listening because I feel like you're trying to like push your ideal of success, and I'm just trying to tell you what mine is and our. Our ideals of success don't have to be the same. Success is however you want to define it. And this is how I'm choosing to define it for me in this challenge. For sure. I think you're hundred percent. I, I agree with you that you can define success however you choose to. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is whatever, like, I do think that there is success that is outside of your definition outside of all of our definitions you know what i'm saying like to be successful is to hit the mark to fail at that is to not hit the mark and then but you can make progress so i'm they, not trying to get you to change i'm just saying this is how i think it exists outside of our interpretations but then my my thing is like you say that there's a definition that exists outside of what we both believe but then you just kind of enforce what you're saying as success I mean, well, and can I be honest too? This was partially why I didn't want to sh- like sh- really share this. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. This is partially why I didn't really want to share this challenge with people because I mm-hmm. didn't really want <laughs> other people's voices in it. And I feel like once I kind of put it out there, then it it didn't really become just mm-hmm. for me because now. It's like, now you know, and now you're asking me about it. And, and that's not going to change anything for me. I'm still going to go through with it for December. But yeah. it does kind of create a, a space of frustration where I kind of feel like, you know what? I should have just kept it to myself and rolled with it, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. I I I do want to make it very clear. Like I'm not. I mean, I made a suggestion for you to consider, but like you were, you said no. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not trying to push that on you. Um, I was just trying to express what I like. I'm trying to draw out, like, man. There, from from my perspective, there is a definition of success that either has to be or ha- doesn't. That it either is or it isn't, and mm-hmm. like, um, I. I want to use that as my my segue to talk about some of my failures, if that's okay. Absolutely, and I and I just want to drive home the point that for anyone listening, success it's however you want to define success <laughs> for you. <laughs> that's all I want. All to say. right, all right. Um, so I uh, so when we talked about failures, I sat and I thought about what are some failures in my life, and so I have three. Three that come to the top of my mind. Um, my strength finders. A strength finders is kind of like a personality test. And so one of my top yeah. talent themes is positivity. And so it was kind of a struggle for me to come up with some failures because I tend not to dwell on them. <laughs> but uh, so I have three actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of range from like really minuscule to um, kind of major. So the first one is super easy, kind of kind of funny. Uh, my senior year in high school, I set a goal to kick a goal in my on my soccer in my soccer mm-hmm. team. Like I wanted to be in a game and score a goal. Like, and I I was horrible at soccer the entire. I was I played soccer all four years of high school. Um, I never played. I actually I played in third grade, but in third grade you don't really know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was second grade, but anyway, to make a long story short, I did not reach that goal. It was saddening, like. The game where I would have, I should have scored a goal, it was we played Warren County High School. Everybody knew Warren County sucked at every sport. I knew I was gonna get to start that game, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Well, I started that game, but I didn't score that game. Um, so that was kind of sad, but it is what it is. Um, the okay. second, <laughs> the second kind of failure in my life, um, I had set a goal. I didn't want to look at pornography again. Um, I was a sophomore in college where when I kind of discovered it for the first time, maybe not the first time, but like discovered it and like actively pursued watching pornography. And like ever since then, I've had a struggle with pornography and lustful thoughts ever since then. Um, man, I've seen a lot of victory, a lot of really good victory ever since then. Um, like they're like in sophomore year, man, sophomore year of college i just didn't care i just looked at it i wanted to it was the 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 driver of pleasure i didn't care i knew it was sin and i and i just man it is the grace of god that he did not strike me strike me down well anyway um i knew it was sin and i didn't care i just i just looked at it and i because i wanted to um i think there was a there's a moment where i realized like i need to come out of this so I'm going to actively choose to come out of it. Um, I can't tell you when that moment was, but I think mm-hmm. it was somewhere after I graduated. No, somewhere before my senior year of college. Um, and then, like, so every time I, I kind of every time I fall to this, I fail in this. I fail in this. Um, I make a commitment. I'm not gonna look at pornography again. And anytime after that, that's a failure. You know. 
anytime I that I'm not gonna look at pornography again. Why? Because I believe that it is a sin against a holy God. And um, man, that was actually one of the reasons why I felt like God was calling me off of Twitter. Hmm. Um, this last time, I didn't look at pornography or anything, but I was definitely in a state of like hopeful temptation. Uh, now, if anybody out there is listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've gone through this, you know you're like on your social media feed, and you're not you're not actively searching for anything. You're not typing anything into the search bar, but you are scrolling with the hope that you will see something that you desire to see. And um, man, I was at that place scrolling on Twitter because of a it was a trend that was going around. I'm not gonna say what the trend is because I don't want to fuel anybody's flame, but there was a trend going around that was, um, you know, it called women to dress the way in a way that that inflamed lustful thoughts in me. Okay, um, so I said, okay, well, really, I because pr- prior to that, earlier that week, I said. I felt like God was saying I need to delete it. And I was like, I'll delete it, but I need you, like, not just delete it, but deactivate it. Like, mm-hmm. all of my stuff I've put in. I said, I'll delete it, but God, will you please make it clear to me that this is what you want me to do? And I was just in that kind of state of hopeful temptation, is what I'll call it. And that was it. That was the sign. I said, okay, I'll get rid of it. And so, man, that was one, that's, that's a failure to me. Like, if I'm defining successes, I'm setting a goal to never do this again and i was there make well maybe i didn't look at pornography so but up until those moments it's like man i set a goal not to look at pornography ever again and i did that's failure and also i'm defining pornography um as anything that can inflame lust in me so it might not actually be people having sex but anything that can inflame lust in me um that's kind of the theme of pornography in my mind. But um so to make a long search, that is one way I failed. Um and then thirdly, I failed my wife. Um well, I failed my wife in that because I've I've looked at it while we were married. So like that's that's number one. But also I vowed to her like separately, this is a separate kind of goal. On our wedding day, I made a couple of vows and I failed her in those. Um, I have like like four like big things that I said I would do. I I, I promised that I would pray for her. Mm-hmm. I promised that I would push her to Christ. I promised that I would protect her, and I promised that I would pursue her. And um, there was just a moment in our marriage where like I had started seminary school. I was trying to produce a poetry show. And I was working full time. So there's just a lot going on. Like I would go to work, come home, study. And then on the weekends, I would try to produce this play. And we'd have, not play, this uh, poetry show. And so we'd have rehearsals on Saturday morning. And to make a long story short, Candace felt like I was not pursuing her. Mm-hmm. And man, I don't know if it was a conversation or it was a look that made me feel this. But she, like it was impressed upon me, this idea that she watches me pursue everything else with such um with such vigor if there's a problem in my job and my ministry i'm anticipating it and i got several solutions to fix it Mm -hmm. if there is something with the poetry show 
I, I've got plans on top of plans on how to get from where we are to where we need to be by show day. But when it came to my marriage, Lance, I wasn't doing that. I was the only way I failed. And I knew, well, I knew that I can't attack my marriage in the same way. I knew that I, like, I can't look at what's going on in my marriage like, oh, there are problems here. So here's the solution if we just do A, B, C, and D because that's not how people work, okay? <laughs> not how That's not how I can do a marriage, um, be in a marriage. But um, those were some of the ways that I failed. I was, I was, those are some of the ways that I failed. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Um, so this, <laughs> I, I really intended for the weed thing to just be kind of like a brief check-in. I didn't oh. know we were going to talk about it this much because we were, we were supposed to have a conversation about black history. Um, we still have time and yeah. I did have a question for you. I had a question and a short little quiz, so I'll try and yeah. get to whatever we can get to. But I'm curious to know your answer. Do you feel that Black History Month is still necessary? Why or why not? Uh, I'll answer that, but I assumed that you had more to talk about in failure because I had more. I had something else to say. Oh, okay. I have one other thing. Not one other thing, but a few things. Um, I thought you were just going to ask me some clarifying questions, but it's okay. <laughs> I will. I I normally would. It was just the timing. Yeah, that's all. Man, let's let's do what we plan to do, no matter how long it takes. Okay. Well, I. So, what do you think then? About my failures. Oh. <laughs> about my history. Yes. I, Go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> One of the things that, one of the reasons why I am so comfortable talking about my failures is because I know that I'm not defined by them. Mm-hmm. And and the reason, now I'm, I'm about to step into like my faith bag here. Um, the reason why I'm not defined by my failures is because like my identity is not, bir- well, actually for, for the follower of Christ, my identity is birthed in failure. Like, success of hitting the mark would be sinlessness like that is what you know the bible says like we ought to be holy as he is holy god mm-hmm. and so we should have hit that mark but we didn't we missed that mark so like my following christ is birthed out of my failure which is why it's so easy for me to talk about the ways that i failed and made mistakes and and i, I hope and i desire to to always be that way always be able to do that and uh anyway so my 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 I think what happens in our culture is we are defined by either our failures or our successes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is evidence in a few ways. Like people will ask you, what do you do for a living? Or where do you go to college? Like, where did you go to college? Like we, we are, there's like this worth or value that people place on whether or not you succeeded in something or whether or not you failed in something. And um, because of my relationship with Christ, I just don't do that. Like, I don't do that for other people. Like I don't do that to other people. And I also don't do it for me. Like I failed in these ways, but what's really cool about faith in Jesus is that um, there's this verse that I'm like trying to commit to memory. It says, for by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So in other words, when we place faith in Jesus, God looks at us as if we are perfect, as if we had never sinned. 
we did. We committed, and we like. I I expect. I've been set free from sin, so I'm going to pursue righteousness and holiness. But because of that, I'm not defined by my failures. I just I refuse to define myself by failures, and I refuse to define other people by their failures because of what Christ has done on my behalf. Right. I um that that definitely resonates with me. It's just as far as not defining yourself by your failures, I do definitely agree with that. Um, so then, do you define yourself by your successes? Then I try not to. Like I'm really trying not to because it's really easy. Because then then you become prideful. Like I I try to really define myself by what God has said about me. Right. Like, you know, one of the um, the drivers that was for me was um acceptance like i really cared about what other people were thinking about me i really cared so bad i wanted to be the best so that everybody could look at me and say oh nico's got it nico's something nico's this nico's that and um one of the pieces of the gospel that just like really spoke to my soul i do have a a clarifying question for you if you don't mind ask it so do you do you feel like you're completely free of that or do you feel like you still carry remnants of wanting to be portrayed as the best or appear as the best. Um, There are still, there are still remnants there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like on the whole, like it's not my first instinct anymore. Okay. To, to, to be the center of attention. Like that was something that was like, really like, I still, I still struggle with that, but it's not like the, the main driver now. Mm Mm-hmm. Like every now and then I'll catch myself and say, and I'll say, Nico, you only said that because you just wanted some attention. Mm. Like, I know. Um, so I, it's going from, <laughs> you said what? Go ahead. I got another question for you when you're ready. Okay. It's gone from being driven by this desire for attention where like I couldn't even control it. Like I just had to be the center of attention to like now it's like more awareness of like, Nico, you just want attention. And, and like, I think I'm more moving towards the other side of like, I know that I desire to be the center of attention right now, but I will actively fight that because I don't need these people's approval. I don't need their acceptance because God gave me his full acceptance when I place faith in Jesus. I'm with that. Um, you already know I'm not a Christian, but I, you know, yeah. some of the the points that you're driving, they definitely resonate. I do, I'm curious to know, and I want you to be 100% honest and transparent with me. Do you ever feel, ever, do you ever feel like you are better than other people? Honestly. Man, honestly, no. Honestly, no. I do know, though, that I can come off as that, and that's just as bad. But honestly, no. Because I'm trying to stay as close as I can to the foot of the cross, which Mm. means that I identify with my sin that everybody else has and how I've messed up, how I missed the mark. So, no, there is something in me that when I look at the cross, Nico, you're not better than anybody else. Now, I do realize and I'm aware that sometimes it can't come across that way. Why is that? Because faith in Jesus is like super exclusive. I mean, it's for everybody, but I'm going to say faith in Jesus. I'll say acceptance from God, the Father, Yahweh. Um, 
that's exclusive only to people who place their faith in Jesus. Like that's what Jesus says. You no one can come to the Father except but through me. And so it's like it's for everybody. Anybody can have it, but that kind of acceptance only comes from people who place their faith in Jesus and then turn away from sin and then walk towards him actively. Hmm. That's that's one thing that kind of drives me away from religion. I don't like all of those qualifiers. I feel like we're all children of God. And, th- and this is just what I believe and I respect what you believe. But I feel like ultimately it's about who you are as a person and what's in your heart. And that's what we're being judged by. Not by do you believe in Jesus and Christ and all of these other man-made projections. It's the relationship with God and just that love. I think they're regardless. I'll I say I just I personally don't feel like there's any qualifiers for God's love or the creator's love, the most supreme, you know, whatever you believe out there. I'll say from the Christian perspective, like where there's some intersection between the Christian perspective and what you believe is that everybody is made in the image of God. And so there's like unique dignity that mm-hmm. comes from just being uh, in the image of God. But the term being a child of God from a Christian perspective is only for people who have placed faith in Jesus. Now, when you talk about qualifiers, like there is no quote unquote qualifier in the sense that like one of the most famous scriptures in the world, is, I mean, yeah, in the world is John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. Like, so God's love is just like a thing for, for those who, who are made in his image. Um, but there is this idea, like you said, man, we're judged by like what's in our heart and what we, and so like, I think that even how all of humanity fails, the, the fact that we're not perfect condemns us all. Like we just can't become better. Like we just can't do it. And I think evidence of, of even that would be like, man, like this is not to condemn you, but like mm-hmm. you didn't make it through a year. Like. Like, I didn't make it, you know, like, none of us will make it on our own, of our own strength. Like, we just can't do it. And, like, that is the thing that condemns us. The thing that condemns us, you're right, is what's in our heart. And according to the Bible, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Like, the idea is, like, we're just all kind of... I feel like you're still missing my point, though. You said what? I I I feel like you're still missing my point, because I feel like as soon as you say... You absolutely, you have to believe this if you want to be able to fully just receive God's love and to bask in it. You're putting a qualifier on that. And I don't think if you acknowledge that God is an all-loving supreme being, that to me, that just contradicts that there would be a qualifier to, to fully receive, you know, all of his love or its love, you know? So that's that's something that... I don't know. It just it pushes me away from religion. That's when I talk, when I talk about. I feel like there's just a lot of noise in religion. That's kind of what I mean. I just I just prefer the relationship with God directly. No, I totally. I'm a creation. God is within me. I'm a product of God, and that's that's all that I need to really feel that love and have that relationship. I don't need to go through a medium of, of believing in Jesus or believing in Christ or having a Bible if. If that helps you and that builds your relationship and it gets you closer to God, that is amazing. And I support that. I just feel like 
to put that qualifier on on it to to fully receive that love that just it doesn't make sense to me um but i also do want to say because i know you mentioned let's just get everything out the way sorry my computer um I do think it might be better if we do a little bonus episode on Black History when we get some time, okay. um, because I do want to be respectful to listeners in their time. Yeah. I don't want to be too long, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we can do a bonus episode. Um, I do want to respond to the idea of God being all love. Yeah. Um, like, if God is all love, then he has to hate evil, or he has to hate wickedness. Mm-hmm. Like if he if he is going to be perfect in his love, then he has to hate sin. That's how, that's just how God would define wickedness. It's just sin. He would just have to hate it. And because of the sin in us, like we're all broken people, God cannot simultaneously be all love and accept those who are wicked. But you're missing my my point. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is. It doesn't make sense to put this qualifier to be able to receive this love, because if you whether you accept Jesus Christ in your life or not, you're going to be a sinner, correct or no? No. So you wouldn't still be considered a, a sinful being in the Christian faith. No. no. Okay. Well, then I I missed something, but my my point is that the the, the qualifier is just unnecessary. It, it doesn't make sense if you if you're pushing this idea of God as being all loving and all inclusive, all inclusive of children and his creations. Then it would logically follow that there would be no qualifier to receive that love. Your love just on the basis of being a, a creation and a child of God. At least that's what I believe in how I feel. Yeah. So so there is no qualifier that God extends his love to all people. Right. But like I feel his, like believing in Jesus Christ is that like you have to, to have that in your life to fully receive that love. Is that not what you're saying? So, so I'm saying um, there is no qualifier. God extends his love to all people. But the like the thing is that God himself it says, hey, this is the way that you follow me. This is the way that you receive my love is by following Jesus, by placing faith in Jesus. And so it's like. Man, it's not me saying this. It's like, man, this is what God has said. This is what the God of the Bible has proclaimed. And so, like, that is all I can, like, if I believe that the word of God is from God, which I know you don't, but what if that's what the word of God says, then I have no other choice but to kind of submit up under it. But my thing is, are you God? No. So then how can you defini- definitively say this is what he wants. This is the lifestyle or this is, or I have to do this to, to be a proper follower. If you are not him himself, how can you just, so this is it. This is the law of the lamb for everyone. I would say, because that is what he said in his word. Now you don't, you don't believe in the authority of scripture, which is okay, but I would flip it back on you. Like if you're not God, how can you say that, this is the way I will have a relationship with God. I absolutely don't. And that's what I acknowledge. And I, and what I was trying to say about if you believe in, in, in the Bible and in Christianity, mm-hmm. that's good for you. Like the way that I feel is that, <clears throat> and I've told you this before, 
it's just the relationship with God. And at the end of the day, no matter if you are a Christian, you're a Buddhist, you're a spiritual Muslim, all these different things are just different ways of going about strengthening that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, these religions are man-made. No, no matter how you want to present it or slice it up, the Bible, if you if you acknowledge that it, it, it came from God, you also still have to acknowledge the fact that it came through a medium which was man. And we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. And man is not God. Therefore, man, no man can definitively say what it is that God wants because we don't see that bigger picture because we didn't create it. You know? mm-hmm. um, so my thing is I acknowledge that I don't have all of the answers and that I don't know and I will never know because I'm not God. I feel like from your perspective, you come across like, I have all the answers and I know it. And mm-hmm. something about that, and this is again why I just kind of, I'm not really into religion. It just mm-hmm. doesn't sit right with me. I want to talk about how I can come across more humbly. Like, cause I want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to seem like, oh, I have all the answers because like yeah. we talked about in an episode before, like, you see a man that is wise in his own eyes, there's more hope for a fool than for him. That's not my, I don't want to do that. But what I, what I will say is like, man, I want to humbly stand on the word of God. When the word of God says this, then that is all I can do, but stand on it. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that's my thing. It's just inherent to, I mean, being religious. Mm. I respect it and I, I support it. I just, I just don't like the idea of there being like a qualifier or you have to believe X, Y, and Z, or you have to do X, Y, and Z to like fully, cause you, you, you said it's exclusive. I a thousand percent disagree with that. Nothing is exclusive about God. Well, so like back with, back to you and like how you relate to God, like you uh-huh. have a method, you have a method for a relationship with God, but mm-hmm. I would say that you have discovered that method for yourself. And if God is out there, then he he determines how we ought to have a relationship with him. That's my point. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm saying is, is it seems like you have assumed how to have a relationship with God apart from him. Right. And, my, and what I'm trying to highlight is we all have. And I, I, and I don't feel like there's any definitive way to have that relationship. And I feel like you're coming from a place of, oh, no, you got to do it like this. Because this is this is exclusive love. I I don't think that's I don't think that's really God. I just think that's noise. But I but and I, and I say that respectfully because I I, yeah, like, no. I respect religion and you know whatever whatever helps you strengthen that relationship. Yeah. One other thing that I would mention about like Jesus mm-hmm. is Jesus makes a claim. Hey, I am Yahweh. I'm God. He makes the claim, and he in him being like appearing in humanity mm-hmm. and then he affirms the scriptures that say, Hey, these have come from God. And then he proves his godness by the miracles and by being raised from death, like improving his godness. Then, then it gives credibility to the Bible. So in other words, what I'm saying is if Yahweh God is apart from this reality and then he comes and invades this reality through Jesus. And he says, hey, the way back to Yahweh is through me and through these scriptures. Then, like, I don't have any other option but to submit to that. 
is what I'm trying to say. Like I'm saying God did not like I didn't come up with this. Like God came down and said, Hey, this is how you should do it. And then he said, I'm God, and then he proved it by being raised, and then he went back. You know, so I, I would say that is how I can definitively say this is how God desires a relationship with us. All right, folks. <laughs> and that is kaleidoscopic for you. And that is kaleidoscopic. <laughs> Turn the kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. Why do that every time? And look again. Yes. Good discussion. It was, man. It was. Guess we'll see y'all in the next time. We shall. Uh, happy Black History Month, oh. folks. Oh, forgot. Dag, nabbit. I'm going to put this at the beginning, too, so y'all going to hear it twice. Um, in two episodes from now, oh. it will be our season finale. We will have made it to eight episodes, which is about two months of podcasting. And, um, man, we want to do a question episode. Like, if y'all have questions for us, we want to answer some of them. So, what you can do on all of your, wherever you're listening to this podcast, there should be a link where you can send in a voice message. So, come up with a question for Lance or come up with a question for me, and we're going to try and answer them in two episodes. So, it'll be our eighth episode, and it will, um, you can turn them in, you can send them in February 5th, today, starting today, um, all the way up to February 17th. After 17th, we're not taking them more. But we would love to have some questions and answer them. So, yes. yeah, do you got anything you want to say? Um, no, it's it's amazing that the, at, this at one point was just like a thought in a conversation. And yeah, we're almost through a whole season of it. So I'm very proud of both of us. Tear, tear. <laughs> well, guys, we'll catch you on the next time. Yes. Be